This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash ouranxietystories. This is John Bateman, and you're listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast, which can be found at anxietycanada.com and most of your popular podcast platforms. My guest today is Dan Petens. He's a pencil artist from London, Ontario, who's become very well known for his highly realistic portraits of professional athletes. Dan, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, John. I'm super happy to be here. Great to have you. Uh, first questions first. Dan, what's your anxiety story? My anxiety story. All right. Hopefully we got a little bit of time. <laughs> we have, we have time. We have time. All right. Um, I'll, I'll try to piece it together. It's a convoluted one. It's kind of has a whole bunch of different paths, but from even when I was in like elementary school, I noticed that I, I had the feeling of going down a roller coaster. Um, it would happen at, I guess, times that I never really made anyone, you know, question was happening. Uh, simple things like a teacher calling on my name in class when I'm not paying attention, you know, that, that startle response. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. pretty standard, pretty normal, but I think as time went on and I got into high school, that kind of grew, um, that feeling became stronger and stronger. And I really always thought that that was a sensation that everyone experienced that everybody went through. And I thought that it was just hitting me harder and, you know, maybe I was weaker maybe there was something about me that I just couldn't handle this feeling. And I never talked to anyone about it because again, I just thought it was butterflies. I I thought it was something that you just are supposed to get over. And I always wanted to be a physiotherapist, or at least I thought I wanted to be a physiotherapist, Um, pursued that journey, went, got my undergraduate, got my master's, um, dealt with a lot of stressors along the way, still battled with anxiety along the way. I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was anxiety at the time. Um, And then it wasn't until I started working as a physiotherapist and that roller coaster feeling really grew and um, started to take over other parts of my life too. It was affecting me at home. It was getting harder and harder for me to go into work it was certainly very, very difficult for me to perform my job. I always was able to, you know, put on the face um, and always had great outcomes with my patients. But as time went on, it took more and more of a toll on me and my family. And then finally, one day I went in to see a therapist and I said, I don't know what's going on. I've spent all this money. I have gone through all these years of education and I'm not happy. And I don't know why. And she said, describe what you're going through. And after maybe two minutes of going through this type of story, she said, you got anxiety. And it kind of, it was very startling, but it was very relieving that, you know, what I was going through was quote unquote, quote unquote, uh, like pathological. It wasn't just something that was, you know, normal that everybody would go through on a daily basis. So that sort of sparked my journey into learning more about me, um, being honest with myself and, um, trying to harness my anxiety in a different way. Mm -hmm. Uh, so obviously it was a relief when you, when you had a name to it. It was, Yeah, it was because the entire time I was just blaming myself. I I said, this is just me. I can't suck it up. You know, I can't quote unquote man up. Um, 
And when somebody finally came along and said, you know what, this isn't entirely normal. There's something else here. There's something that you can work on and it's not all your fault. That was super relieving for me. Did it, did it affect you sort of throughout your relationships or, or your activities through high school? I think it did. When I was younger, um, my anxiety wasn't as strong and I think it actually propelled me and the higher level of worry that I had actually helped me excel. And because I think I was so distracted by my journey or my goals, I don't think I ever paid too much attention to it. I think looking back, it did certainly affect my relationships. Um, But again, I I think I was just too blinded to it to realize. Mm -hmm. Would you say then when you when you got to what was then your career, not now your career? um, You said it affected work, like did did you actually miss work because of it? Was it that kind of thing? Yeah, I, and again, even before I knew it was anxiety, I would wake up in the morning and certainly there, now I know there was a little bit of depression mixed in with it. Right. But almost always. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would wake up and I just had this overwhelming fear. I would call it a fear of going into work. I'd become Mm. physically ill and very, very quickly, I, you know, I now know about how to analyze my thought processes, how I go from, you know, one thought all the way to another, but I would straight jump to a fear of going into work and catastrophizing and expecting the worst. And I never even cared about the in-between of how my mind got there. And immediately I would call into work sick, take a personal day, take a mental day. Um, Quite often I would use up all of my sick days if they were available Um, and then eventually with physiotherapy, because I was self-employed and I had control over my own schedule, um, I, I kept windling or dwindling down on the number of patients that I had and the practice hours that I had. Mm -hmm. So you, then you went to counseling. Now I'm curious, what, was it just counseling that kind of got you sort of out of your, your anxiety or, or were there other things that you learned or that you've learned along the way that have really helped you with dealing with your anxiety? So what I didn't know what to expect going into counseling. Um, You know, I think we all have our own ideas about it before we actually get to experience it. What I loved about it was it gave me tools um, that allowed me to learn more about myself because again, I think I was pretending to be somebody and I, my whole identity was attached to becoming something that I later found out I wasn't meant to be. Um, So when I had these tools to learn more about myself, I think that's really when I started taking big steps forward. Um, I remember a book that was recommended to me was Quiet by Susan Cain. Um, mm-hmm. That book absolutely changed my life and got me to kind of open my eyes and say, maybe I'm not the outgoing extrovert. You know, maybe I'm not this person that I'm trying to be. Um, <clears throat> but even, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy all of these types of tools, um, they really helped me just learn more about myself. And I think that was the most important thing. So, okay. So yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I'm a big, I mean, you're, you're a fan of Anxiety Canada. Um, I know that. Um, uh, I know you also uh, help Anxiety Canada a lot. Uh, But um, so when you left, you decided at some point that you're going to leave being a physiotherapist, what was that leap like for you? And how did that affect you, you know, emotionally? Did you go directly to, to, did you know that art was going to be the thing at that point? Or did you have another step in there somewhere? 
I, I didn't, I had a lot of steps and to answer your question about what that leap was like for me. Um, again, my anxiety got to the point where I, I felt like I was going crazy. Um, I would come home and, you know, I would get into fights with my wife for absolutely no reason whatsoever. You know, she kind of became the, the, she, she took the brunt of it all. And one day she just said, what's going on? What's happening? Why are you so unhappy all the time? And I, and I cried and I said, I don't know what's happening. Like, I, I just, I know I'm not happy. And so finally she said, well, let's, let's change that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that was around the same time that I went in for help. Um, and so when the time came, when we made the decision and I say, we, because we make all these big decisions together, right. uh, when we made the decision to move on to another career, it was, it was a lot of relief. But again, I felt like I really hit a rock bottom at that point in time. Yeah. Money, I didn't care about money anymore. I, I didn't care about, you know, any of the statuses that were attached to what I was doing. It just, I wanted to be happy. And it was a relief being able to say, I'm moving on to something else. And then I did try many other um, careers and, and jobs, which I thought were going to be my forever careers uh, until I did get to <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, it took me a while to realize that, you know, anger or frustration, um, those are, those are a result of anxiety. Anxiety doesn't always just show up as, you know, a pit in your stomach. There's so many different ways it can manifest. And the sooner you learn that kind of the, the, the better it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think in a way, like I, I really do think I, I don't have any regrets in my life. People ask me this all the time. Like, do, mm -hmm. do you regret spending all that money and becoming a physio? And I don't at all because the path that I took has allowed me to just learn so much about myself and learning things like this, you know, anxiety is tied to other types of emotions really helps me in other aspects of my life too. Yeah. I think that's really an important point you make. Um, I think a, a lot of people can get caught fighting, just kind of fighting anxiety as this sort of separate entity from, from yourself or from myself, but then realizing uh, that it's often it, to me, I would advise just about anybody who's going through it to, like you're saying, go inward, learn about yourself um, and then grow from there. It's really important to look, look inward in these situations. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking about the different things that I wanted to talk with you about mm -hmm. this morning. And I think that's one of the, the big things is anxiety. I'm not trying to rid anxiety from my life. Anxiety is supposed to be a part of all of our lives. Um, certainly it becomes a little bit more pathological in, in a lot of us, but anxiety has, you know, it, I considered it a double-edged sword. It's allowed me to, <laughs> you know, uh, raise high standards and it's contributed to my perfectionism and whatnot, but it's just a constant battle every day of trying to find the right balance and not let it, you know, interfere with the other aspects that you don't want it to. Yeah. I gave up on trying to find a cure a while ago. Um, yeah. because like you say, it's, it's an emotion we get and it's often necessary, you know, it's handy. Um, you know, if you're, if you're about to, you know, me, I, you know, if I'm going to go on stage or something, anxiety is good. It kind of gets me kind of worked up, keeps me focused and all that. But then when it starts, gets to a point where it, uh, becomes debilitating, um, like you experienced, you know, where I want to stay home, which I've experienced, um, missed, missed big chunks of work in my life too, uh, because of it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really, you know, it's great when you can start to, you know, understand and just kind of live with that creature that's anxiety. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to get to your, okay. I want to get to your artwork now. Okay, um, sure. <laughs> your artwork. And, and I really implore people to go and, and look at Dan's artwork. We'll give you all the details on how you can see it. Um, so I, I come from a lineage. I come from a background of art. My father's okay. an artist um, and uh, my brother's an artist and uh, I've got another brother's an art teacher and your art is phenomenal. Um, Thank you. It's Thank really you. incredible. Now, what I want to know is where did it, where did it start? When, when did you start drawing? Um, is this something you've done your whole life? Because it is, it is so skilled. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm five years old. And I'm waiting for my mom to finish up one of her long days at local college here. She worked a lot of overtime. And instead of playing on the Game Boy, which I did once in a while, I would sit at the desk and draw things. Uh, sometimes we'd get a Happy Meal and I would just draw a Happy Meal toy. I don't, I don't know why. It was just fun to do. Mm. I got older, started to have an interest in hockey. Never had a chance to play, um, but really had an interest in hockey. And I had a whole bunch of magazines of... Uh, hockey related magazines and I would just draw goalies out of the magazine and as time went on um, certain people started to see that talent there and they said um, that's really really cool that's an awesome hobby uh, just you know don't pursue it as a career that's always that's all that, always, my, right? my dad who's a who's an artist always told me no don't, be don't do artist. It. get a meal ticket yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, um, so you, you know, obviously I, took that advice. I did. My father uh, told me the same thing. Uh, yeah. said, don't be an artist. And honestly, I, I think sometimes it's good advice. I really do. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. sometimes good advice. Uh, you know, I, I don't make a lot of money doing what I do now, but I am happy. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, time went on and I just kind of put the pencils away. I would do it every now and then. Maybe I would do a Christmas gift for somebody or birthday gift. Nothing like what I'm doing now. I want that to be very clear. I would only ever put in maybe an hour, hour and a half into something and it would be mediocre and, and good by most people's standards. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until 2019 and I'm, I'm trying another career as a professor at a local college and I am enjoying it, but at the same time, COVID hits and I have more time and I thought, well, I don't know. I'm still going through some anxiety. I'm really enjoying this TV show, the office. Mm -hmm. For some reason I really want to draw a prison mic. So I sit down <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm there for eight hours drawing this prison mic. And it's Steve so Carell with just a, yeah. a bandana over his head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and after eight hours, this was the best thing I'd ever drawn. Amazing. I didn't know, I didn't know I could do it. And yeah. I shared it with, I shared it online. I shared it with a couple other people <clears throat> and people just wanted to see more. So yeah. I kept drawing and people wanted to see more and more and more. And eventually I get up the courage to draw my favorite hockey player of all time, uh, mm -hmm. Peter Forsberg. Right. And the very next day after sharing that, uh, Neil, social media rep from the NHL, gets in touch with me and he says, can we share this? Uh, let me think for a minute, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I, I thought I, I had to show my wife. I, I was like, is, is this real? Like, is this, is this legit? She's like, if yeah. it's legit, like, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's kind of when my life changed. Yeah. So, um, you know, my art's managed to fall on many different eyes, you know, such as yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I 
I could not be more happy and grateful for the exposure that I've had through it. Cause not all artists have this opportunity and I just want to make sure I can do some good with it. And that's why I try to give back to anxiety Canada. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to talk to you about because um, I mean, yeah, it's great. You have, you, you know, you've got this following um, of course, being Canadian, uh, if you start depicting NHL players um, you've got, you have an audience, uh, right? you know, you have, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a, I'm a Leafs fan. Right. And, and I was, yeah, I was looking at the Sundin and the, and the Marner and the Matthews and all those um, fabulous drawings. But um, yeah, you've, you, you kind of have, that's, that's sort of so at the heart of what's Canadian, but what I'm wondering is how did you get, how did you get connected up with Anxiety Canada and, and sort of, you know, what pushed you to this, you, you know, I, I would consider you an advocate for mental sure. health. Um, when I started to, it was after I released my second NHL portrait, um, and people wanted to start supporting me. They wanted to start paying me for my art. And I never thought that that was going to be a possibility. I didn't. When I made the decision to go into art as an occupation, I was fully prepared to have absolutely zero money. (laughs) But we were going to be happy and that's all that mattered. Like we would figure out the rest and all of a sudden money started coming in. And so I got in touch with my uh, social worker that I used to see. Uh, she changed my life, by the way. Her name's Kayla. Yeah. Uh, amazing worker here at London uh, Health Unit. Um, mm-hmm. Free resource. Uh, amazing. And I said, Absolutely. I just I just want to find a way to like give back. Like I, I don't have a lot of money. I'm not making a lot of money through this. Mm-hmm. But I just want to right now, while this is fresh, I want to tie what I'm doing back to some kind of a resource. So I said, what can I contribute money to? What can, what can I support? And she recommended Anxiety Canada um, amongst a couple other ones. And I took a look at what Anxiety Canada was doing and you guys have come a long way even since then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, was it still, it was Anxiety Canada, I think by then, but it was Anxiety BC for a long time before that. Yeah. And you were just making the change on the website. So I was like, wait, this isn't Anxiety Canada. What is this? Uh, So, uh, yeah. And it just really spoke to me, you know, that you guys were offering resources to people, you know, for free. Free resources. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I just felt like you weren't going to get the exposure that, Mm -hmm. you know, you, there, not enough exposure can be placed on what you guys are offering. And Mm -hmm. I just, I said, I got to help out somehow. Um, so that was sort of how I got involved and I I reached out and I just said, you know what, can we do this? Can we do that? How do you feel about it? Um, and I, and I'd love to see how you guys are growing. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that it's, it's interesting that the pandemic, unfortunately, um, created, uh, well, not, I guess, unfortunately, but also fortunately, because, you know, mental health has always needed a bigger voice. Um, and COVID definitely, has has started to amplify that voice more it's too bad that it had to be something like covid that did it but you know if you can draw uh, something good from it then you may as well draw something like that um but yeah i mean anxiety canada you know, i i'm i'm the same thing i'm i'm the guy who likes to talk and i uh and i just kind of pitched this podcast idea and they're all over it but you know the podcast is is nothing without people like you who are really willing to step up and, um, and talk about your experiences. Oh yeah. I, I used to be ashamed of it. I did. I used to hide it when I was quote unquote diagnosed with it, but I didn't really start getting better and taking leaps and bounds 
towards being happy until I started talking about it. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And so you found you had really good uh, responses from people when you spoke about it to them. I did. I never had anybody ever made me feel bad um, when I told them about sort of what I was going through. I remember when I was actually at the physiotherapy clinic I was working at, we were, it was a little lunch meeting. And I just said, I just sat the other people down that I was working with. It was my mentor, Jim Millard and uh, our receptionist, Darlene. And I said, guys, like you might've noticed I've been absent a lot. haven't been myself, but I have been going through some mental challenges and I've learned that I have anxiety and they both just hugged me. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Right. Like here I am, I'm making money for this, you know, for this company and me being absent is hurting that. Yeah. And I tell them I've been away and this is why. And they just, they were just very supportive. And I don't think I've ever gotten any kind of a negative response from anyone. Yeah. And I think what, when when you talk to somebody about it, when you open up to somebody about it, you never know um, how you're going to affect them. you'll never affect anybody negatively by telling them that you've got an anxiety issue. You've got a depression issue because um, I find, you know, nine times out of 10 people understand they've experienced it or somebody very close to them has experienced it. And it just, it just creates a sense of relief. Yeah. Or the other thing I've noticed, I was, I had the fortune of being on uh, cue with Tom powers Mm -hmm. and I had a slew of people contact me after that. And they said, Oh my God, I, have been going through something very similar and I, I didn't have a label for it. I thought, I thought I was like you, that I was just weak and I couldn't do this. And I've had people, you know, send me very kind messages about how, you know, my art has inspired their little child, you know, their little daughter who's going through anxiety about, you know, and I get teary eyed talking about it. Yeah, but like, yeah. This is just, this is just a nice, you know, positive feedback and to continue doing what I'm doing. And it's all positive karma. How important is, is, um, the act of creating, uh, in, in, in dealing with your anxiety, because, you know, you're, yeah. you're an artist and, and I often hear, you know, um, kind of find a hobby or find a creative output to help deal with things. I, I believe that can really help, but, um, how do you feel it serves you? I think, that was one thing that I felt was really missing when I was a physiotherapist was the ability to creatively express myself. And then I made the decision to go into web development after that, started my own web development company thinking this is going to be my creative um, outlet. And though it did help a little bit, it wasn't quite there. So I think when I picked up the pencils that one day to draw the uh, prison Mike portrait, it really felt therapeutic when I was doing it. And if I did it again, I was like, I don't know, is it going to feel the same if I do it again? But every time I did it and every time I got my pencil on the paper, it felt very therapeutic and it felt very good. And I never have anxiety when I'm drawing. I just kind of get lost in what I'm doing. Um, So I think the process of creating something, uh, the actual process is very important to me and as well as the result uh, that come from that result. Yeah, I I have a background in fine arts, a bachelor of fine arts from uh, Nova Scotia College of Art and Design. And I always found that, uh, yeah, the act of creating uh, is very mindful, you know, to use the buzz buzzword. It's very mindful because it, it's just, it's specifically what you're doing. You're observing and depicting. Um, what I'd like to really point out quickly is for those of you who go and look, look at Dan's work, it's, it's highly realistic. Um, don't set your bar that high. And, 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 art, and, and art and expression doesn't have to be realistic it can be really anything it can be 
slapping paint on a canvas or, you know, doing, building a, you know, a stack of stones. There's a million things you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And I should, I don't talk about this too often um, just because I guess what I've done is I've developed a style, I guess, that people have come to expect. But when I, even before I got back into the pencils, I binge watched Bob Ross's, you know, painting with Bob Ross. And I just, <laughs> I just did, oh man, I must've did 20 plus paintings, uh, you know, the wet on wet method with, with happy the, little clouds. Yeah. Just happy little clouds. And <laughs> I, so I love all types of art, but yeah, you do not have to do realistic graphite, you know, pencil no. drawings to experience the, the therapy that goes along with it. You can aspire to it for sure. You can aspire to it. Sure. Um, and it's always nice to have something to kind of aspire to and reach for when it comes to art. And it's always nice. I mean, you know, I, I know with you, you know, you're probably going to be ever evolving and changing and, and the way you oh, approach sure. artwork. And, but and, I think that, I think the thing that, um, sorry, just to cut you off there. That's while fine, yeah. mine, I, I think the thing why, why I really like graphite and highly realistic portraits that take 40 plus hours, I think it allows me to sort of work on myself too at the time, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I've mentioned this to other people. <clears throat> I am a perfectionist and I work mm -hmm. on it all the time. And mm -hmm. what I started doing with all of my drawings is as I do my drawings, I see everything that's wrong with it. And much like all artists, you know, yeah. artists will always see what they think is wrong with it, despite other people not seeing those same things. Mm -hmm. And I used to really think that everything had to be perfect in order to have value. Now, deliberately, what I do with my drawings is I pick, you know, 20, 40 things just to kind of leave unfinished little things here and there. And even though I'm not feeling good about it when I release it, mm -hmm. when it's released, other people say, wow, this is very good. Yeah. And then it kind of shows me that there is value when things yeah. aren't perfect. And in that way, I can kind of work on my own, you know, perfectionism along the way. But that that's sort of why I really like doing what I do. Yeah, it's it's fabulous. Um, I, I've, re I, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about all this stuff. Uh, and, and I really hope to have you back and talk more sometime. I would um, love it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, just to quickly go over this, it's petonsart.ca and then Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is Peyton's art. Yep. Um, but uh, not uh, TikTok yet. <laughs> it's, it's there, but it's not impressive. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> go and go and check out all the dance things because it's yeah. incredible sort of time lapse things you've done there. Watching you develop a piece, it's it's just it's engrossing watching your process. Thank you, John. Thank you. Dan, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with your uh, career as an artist in the future. It's just going sky skyward, buddy. That means a lot. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, John. Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to our Anxiety Stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or Anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.